don't think he knows about second breakfast, Pip. What about elevensies? Luncheon? Afternoon tea? Dinner? Supper? He knows about them, doesn't he? Because it alas no. <laughs> A very notorious quote. Indeed it is. Well, hello. Greetings and salutations. Many warm regards. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome. Oh. Sorry. Let's let Maddie put her hair up. Let's be in it. We can't have way. it in the way. Yeah, there we go. Okay, we're ready. Feeling loose. <laughs> Welcome to the We Read Books podcast, presenting We Watched Movies. Woo! Hooray! That was a little bit of Anchorman there for you. <laughs> Afternoon delight. <laughs> <laughs> that scene, so... <laughs> I love it so much. that movie came out when I was in high school. It did? Literally. Yeah, I think I was like a sophomore. We've talked about this. I have no concept <laughs> of time. Yeah. If I know about it, it simultaneously happened 30 years ago and five minutes ago. It's just, yeah. you know. Yeah. yeah. I think I think I was a sophomore, maybe a freshman, so like 2005, maybe? Mm -hmm. 2006? Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah, 2006 is the year I graduated. I graduated in 2008. Ooey. Ooh, ooh. <laughs> I should have graduated in 2009. But you were just a little smarty. I started kindergarten a year early. They saw your potential. They were mm -hmm. like, we got to get this girl going on the path to knowledge. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think my mom was like, listen, this one, <laughs> she's got to have something to do. Get her out of my house. <laughs> I think I did preschool for, like, two years, mm -hmm. and my mom was like, I can't, she cannot be in preschool another year. <laughs> She'll be so bored. She's acting out already, so. I think I did preschool for two years, and I went to kindergarten right after that as well. I think mm -hmm. I was one of the younger ones in my class, but it wasn't like I started early. Yeah. Or anything. I don't think... But I was one of the younger ones in my class. Yeah. I was a July birthday, so mm -hmm. I graduated at 17. So you were right on that line. My brother was, too. Mm -hmm. And I think he they started him a year later, probably, than he should have. Mm -hmm. So he's one of the oldest ones in his class. Yeah. Whereas I have a March birthday, so I think I was, like, within whatever right. timeline yeah. they felt was appropriate. But Yeah. I was... The youngest. And my cousin, Kendra, who I graduated with, um, she was, she's a May birthday, so mm -hmm. she was the second youngest. Yeah. It was just funny that yeah. we're, we were the youngest in our class. And when I was in kindergarten, they did, they only did half days. You didn't go a full day. Mm, I went a full day. But I don't, 
I don't know how that worked. I must have just gone to the babysitter because yeah. my mom worked. So yeah. I think my brother, my younger brother did half days because he went here in Pleasant Hill. Mm-hmm. And I went to East Lynn because oh. Pleasant Hill wouldn't let me go that year. They would were going to make me wait. Eastland was like, come on, come yeah. on in. They were like, there are only eight kids in your entire class. Yes, we will take you. <laughs> I'm so envious of that. When I hear people say that around here, I'm just like, that's amazing and so not fair. Yeah. My graduating class was 49. My group. <laughs> <laughs> my graduating class was almost 500 people. Whoa. That is not my entire high school. That was just my grade. So my I'm imagine my a high, high school, school. yeah <laughs> with four times that that's uh. that's that would that's surreal to me like the idea of that being here i knew everyone in my whole high school and their siblings yeah how many was in your entire high school <sighs> definitely less than 500 <laughs> i mean my class was 49 we were probably about average mm mm-hmm. My brother, my older brother's class, he was two grades ahead of me, and his graduating class ended up only being 38. Wow. Because they were, like, the class where a lot of people dropped out, including my brother. (laughs) (laughs) Their, like, senior class shirts had, like, they made a joke about it. Like, (laughs) we're the the ones that stuck it out or something like that. Oh, my gosh. That's too funny. Yeah. I don't feel like I was neglected in class or anything, but I do wonder what it would have been like to be in a smaller class. I don't mm-hmm. know. I, I pro- it probably wouldn't have made any difference necessarily, but I don't know for I mean, me, but, but I, I often wonder, I'm like, what if the teacher did have time to have like one-on-one with everybody? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I guess it depends. Like my English teacher I had two different English teachers through high school, but um, three of the years I had a teacher who we called Swick, mm-hmm. and um, she recently retired, but I still email with her. Mm-hmm. Like, when whenever I'm writing something, I always send it to her, and I have since I graduated. Mm-hmm. Like, I was her TA mm-hmm. the last two years in high school, so I had coffee with her like last year so I mean when you go to a smaller school yeah that's kind of an advantage yeah so that's cool yeah she's my favorite yeah my favorite teacher was Mr. Reed and he was my biology teacher oh I wonder what he's doing now (laughs) yeah he told me that he did not want me to still be in the same town he's like you're meant to do things and (laughs) I feel like he'd be pretty disappointed but oh I got it (laughs) But no, he was he was super great, and yeah, I loved his class. You, the best teachers are the ones that are like super interested and passionate about the subject that they teach. Yeah, that for sure. excitement comes out, and it it's contagious. And mm-hmm. he was very much like that. Yeah, I agree. You could, that that was Swick. She is a reader. She loved Harry Potter. So mm-hmm. like whenever I think book six and book seven came out while I was in high school Mm -hmm. and so it was always over the summer so when we came back to class I was like swag (laughs) (laughs) we have to talk about this (laughs) yeah and I made her read the uglies series and she's the one who bought me the copy of specials that I have 
a little swicky poo. <laughs> but I will say that I had one teacher. He was our civics teacher, but he also taught biology. Mm-hmm. Which is a fully different subject, but <laughs> when you go to a rural school, this is what happens. <laughs> um, I think he's an administrator somewhere now, but his name is Mr. Oates. And at the time, when I was in his class, he was he was a good teacher, and mm-hmm. I really liked him. Mm-hmm. But as an adult, remembering conversations I had with him, I feel like one of the things he said to me has had a very lasting impact mm-hmm. in a negative way. Oh. So in civics, I think we took civics junior year. So we did like a project where we split up into like the two political parties and each group elected like their candidate and then the candidate had to deliver a speech and then we voted and whatever. Yeah. And I was the Democratic candidate, and I had to, like, deliver a speech. Obviously the best choice for (laughs) the head person of your group. And so that, whatever it was. So he asked me what I, what my plans were for after high school, and I said that I wanted to go to KU, Mm -hmm. and I wanted to go to medical school. Mm -hmm. Which, if you see, like, my write-up in the senior edition of the paper when I was a senior, that's what I said on there. Mm -hmm. But he said... No, you shouldn't do that. You should go to law school. He's like, you're... He had me for biology mm-hmm. and for civics. And he's like, yeah. you're much better at civics and writing. Oh. Which sounds like a compliment. Right. But I, that's what I did. Right. Playing with your passions there, like... Yeah. Yeah, I know that you think you... I'm sorry. I didn't have one lick of a clue what I wanted to do. <laughs> <laughs> I was a teacher and a kid was like, I'm going to do this. I'd be like, way to go. Yes, do that. Yeah. Not, eh, let me, let me sow some <laughs> uncertainty into your certain choice. Do the other thing. Yeah. Because, I mean, I took all college prep courses through high school. So all of the major sciences, I took mm-hmm. physical science, biology, chemistry, and anatomy. Mm-hmm. I took algebra, geometry, algebra two, and trig. So, and I got A's in all of my classes. Mm -hmm. So it's not like I failed science. Right. (laughs) So, but when he said that to me, I was like, I am much better with words. I do enjoy, like, language much more than I enjoy science. But I feel like that could have been presented in another way. Yeah. Like, if you really want to instead of like discouraging like no you should do this instead he could have said you should really focus on improving science you should really these are the classes you should look for right if this is what you really want to do yeah if this is what you really want to do yeah say i think how you do that yeah i think you're super exceptional at this but if this is the road you want to go down this is what you should focus on yeah or whatever yeah Interesting. It, it's an interesting thing to think about as, because then I also think about if I was a boy. Oh, you think w- that? What would his response have been? Interesting. Because yeah. if you look at statistics of um, male to female ratio 
four doctors, mm -hmm. it is, it make, it would make you want to throw up. Mm. Like, specialized, especially in the specialties. Yeah. Some of them are literally, like, only 18% women. Oh, wow. Which is crazy. And that's when I think about that. Yeah. Like, how many other girls are discouraged from mm, pursuing a yeah. career in math and science? Wow. By... Not just male teachers, but mm -hmm. male teachers. Yeah. Gosh. What could have been? Yeah. No, I don't, like, regret it. Yeah. I mean, I... But it just, it, it rubs you wrong. It yeah. sticks out It feels a little prickly yeah. memory. It feels icky. Yeah. Oh, I hate that. I know. But I did go to KU. Yes, you did. I just didn't go to med school. I went to law school. And I'm not a lawyer. Because I don't want to fight people every day. No. And be miserable and cynical. Right. Which I would be. Right. I worked in the court for way too long to have any grandiose ideas of lawyers out here doing the Lord's work. Right. There are some, but they are not happy. It's, I don't even like arguing with people at my normal yeah. job, let alone someone's life in my hands. It's arguing not, all day long. Yeah, no. it's not fun. Mm -mm. Which I don't know that being a doctor is fun, but at least you go to work and you do like whatever it is you do, mm -hmm. whatever kind of doctor you are. And at the end of the day, you've improved someone's life. Yeah. If you're a good way. doctor, heck yeah. You've improved someone's life. You've helped them. Maybe you've saved lives. Yeah. Yeah. If you're a lawyer, you're just fighting people all yeah. day. Yeah. Whether it's for good or ill. Yeah. That's what you're doing. Yeah. And 90% of lawyers are working in corporate America where you're fighting for ill and ill. Oh. You know? Like these multi-million dollar companies yeah. haggling over nonsense. That's yeah. what a lot of lawyers are doing. <laughs> if you're a lawyer and you're listening, we're not judging you. If you're a lawyer and you're listening, you've already agreed. <laughs> Every lawyer that I told I was going to law school when I was working at the court, they're like, don't. Wow. Every single one of them. That makes me sad for them. <laughs> <laughs> I know. The problem is when you tell someone you're going to law school, they're impressed. Yeah. And yes. It's, the, a, it's, it's one of those things that, come, that has an air of status. It does. It. And a lot of people who are the personality type to go to law school like that. Yeah. Self-included. <laughs> <laughs> so, but you realized that the notoriety that would come with it just wasn't worth it. Was not worth it. it yeah. For you. Yeah. I want to be, I want to have a job that is fun. Yeah. At least eventually. Eventually, I'm just going to be a writer for a living, and my job is going to be fun every time I sit down to do it. Yes. That's the goal. And I'm not skilled enough to be your editor, but I will be your test audience. <laughs> yeah. See? Everybody needs those advanced... What are, what are those called? Like, advanced for movies, it's like an copy. advanced screener. So, yeah, advanced reader copy. You'll be my ARC reader. Whoop, whoop. All right, I guess we're going to have to get into our 
actual topic of the day. We did some chit-chatting before we hit record. Apparently, we did not get it out of our Didn't system. get out of our systems. <laughs> Listen, I was sick for a while. I yeah. didn't do enough talking while I was sick. And my doggy's been sick. We've both just been really busy. <sighs> yeah. Emily texted me the other day, and she was like, are you alive? <laughs> You're like... <laughs> Yes, I'm just dealing. <laughs> barely. Like, barely. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's rough in these streets uh, right now. But we're here and we're ready to talk about some movies. Heck yeah. Yeah. This but, is like our, our second bookend. Yeah, yeah. We're not just talking about any movies. We, you know, we're going to recap the books to film adaptations of the books that we've read thus far. Yes. Since the last We Watched Movies exactly. episode. so You can expect these intermittently. Yeah. Whenever we feel like we've read enough books that have adaptations, you'll get another one yeah. of these. Because they're fun and easy to do. Agreed. Uh, we didn't give you our social channels, but at We Read Books Pod, Instagram and TikTok. I almost said Twitter. <laughs> Nobody likes Twitter. Actually, a lot of people like Twitter, but I don't I've never had a Twitter. <laughs> I created a Twitter whenever uh, we first started. What if I told you? Mm -hmm. And I looked at Twitter. I was like, this sucks. <laughs> so. Uh, no, thank you. <laughs> we're just going to go with naw. Right. It's just not fun. Really? Yeah. It, it just seems like arguing all the time. <laughs> again, yeah. <laughs> You guys, I, we, we want to have fun around here. Right. So, especially for like a hobby, like yeah. your podcast. Yeah. Like, let's just have fun. Right. And Twitter was not that. <laughs> so we're on Instagram and TikTok, which are both very fun. Yes. As long as you're on the right side of TikTok. That yes. could go weird really quickly, but I have managed to keep my TikTok, like my personal TikTok, Pretty squeaky. Nice. Like, I also didn't have a TikTok before we had one for the podcast. I am truly an <laughs> old woman millennial. <laughs> TikTok is really fun. It can be really addicting. Emily would get so upset with me because she'd want to send me a TikTok. She's like, why don't you just have a TikTok? Why do I have to text these to you? I'm like, I'm really sorry. I just won't do it. <laughs> yeah. Dakota deleted his because it got, to, like, you could literally be in the TikTok hole and it's well, now two hours have passed yeah. and you're like, whoa. Because on Instagram, eventually, you're like, you know, new stuff doesn't pop yeah. up. But now that there's reels. Reels is. It's endless. Yeah. That, <laughs> I do prefer TikTok to reels, but mm. it, they're essential. Most people post the same thing on both things. Right. I just, uh, something about TikTok's algorithm I prefer, but yeah. it's kind of like, uh, Pandora, the TikTok algorithm mm. a little bit, you know, okay. like if you have a station and you've been very diligent about the thumbs up, thumbs down, mm -hmm. that station eventually is never going to play something you don't like. Yeah. TikTok nice. is very like that. Nice. Yeah. Like, Instagram recently started just showing you it random things mm -hmm. that you're not following and 
That's TikTok. On your feed and... Yeah. I don't know that I like oh, it or not. Yeah, on your regular feed. Yeah. yeah it used I'd, to just be the things that you followed and now mm-hmm. they like throw like... Random stuff. For every one that you follow, there's like five that you don't. That, yeah. But, but it's similar. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I don't know how I feel about it, but... I think they're probably doing that because that is how TikTok is. Like you can mm. switch over to just the people you're friends with. Or you can do like your for you page, which is recommended things. Yeah. Sometimes it'll be things you follow and sometimes it won't. But it's usually following your algorithm. So yeah. it kind of knows like I get mostly dogs, book stuff, and people who are like organizing their kitchen. Yeah. <laughs> Nice. That is basically all I get. Nice. But I don't I don't go on Instagram for that. I go on Instagram to see people I know. Right. And I go on TikTok to be surprised. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> I don't know. That's good. But oh. and then our email is we read books pod two three at gmail dot com. It is. And mm-hmm. I don't think we've heard from any of you, but that's okay. We're here if you choose to email us. That's right. And by us, because we haven't told you who we are yet in this episode anyway. <laughs> After 20 <laughs> minutes of talking, that is Mad. And that's Wit. Hello. Hi. <laughs> uh, so I, our movies for this section, this season. This season. These yeah. are the movies we watched this season. Uh, first up is... Dorian Gray. I believe the movie is called The Portrait of Dorian Gray. I think so. When the book is actually called The Picture of Dorian Gray. Mm-hmm. So, first of all, why? I didn't even put the on my notes. I just put Dorian Gray movie. I so know. I was very, <laughs> I was very specific about that. <laughs> yeah. Um, this one was a bummer. It was. As you noted here, the best part of the movie was the fact that you and I had a night together and we ate dinner and snacks and it was a wonderful time. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was a great time. And I think we had peanut M&Ms and Twizzlers. So Mm -hmm. what else could you want in a movie night? Exactly. But yeah, this movie was a, oh, it was a bummer. It was for sure made in 2009. Like looking back, it's like, yeah, that, (laughs) that makes sense. Yeah. I mean, it totally makes sense. It's very 2009, which, honestly, I liked the year 2009. I was 19, just (laughs) fresh-faced. Just Um, the style of movies and stuff like that just had, like, a certain attitude about them. Yeah. And I feel like this movie had that. Yeah, I agree. And it had Ben Barnes and Colin Firth, which should have been, like... A slam dunk. Oh, it should have been great. You you guys have heard us talk about both of these men more than once. <laughs> like, they're great. Mm-hmm. Ben Barnes played Dorian, obviously. Colin Firth played Lord Henry, which should have been, a like, A-plus casting. Yes. It was simply the writing. And the writing, because they went wildly off this train track. Rogue. <laughs> so we were shocked through the whole movie. I, I, I was just going to make notes of, like, the differences. I have a note that is <laughs> a mile so long, long. Because every scene was some sort of... At first they were kind of slight, 
mm-hmm. then it was just, this is wild. Just, <laughs> what yeah, is happening? Just blatant disregard for the source material. I Honestly, though, I think I told you this after we watched it. It made me have more, like, like liking of the book. I was like, oh, I, I have more respect and like the book better now because this <laughs> didn't have any of the subtle... You know, I don't know, messages or just, yeah. uh, I don't even know. I can't think of the word, but <laughs> yeah, this movie just, it said, that's a nice book. I'm going to take you and turn you up to a hundred and change everything about the character. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe not everything, but I mean, like turned their evil <sighs> dial up. <laughs> it did. It did in a weird, ineffective yeah, way. Yeah. Uh, oh, just everything about it was just, uh, it was just so off. Yeah. Um, we can like name off some of like the big main changes that were irksome. Yeah. To say the least. I think, uh, I think chronologically the first thing that was weird was Dorian and Sybil. Mm-hmm. Uh, their whole relationship was weird. Yeah. I, it, it wasn't as secretive as it was in the book. Right. And then... There were scenes where they're, like, hanging out together. Going like, on dates. Going on dates. They're, like, at his estate and sitting by, like, this lake and whatever. And very strange. And didn't they, like, make love before the proposal? Or was it yeah. after the proposal? They. Either way, in the book, they don't, they don't make love no. at all. Yeah, that's. That I. It is never, <laughs> it's never really alluded to no. that they had a physical relationship in the book. Uh, I don't think they had any real opportunity because no. he only ever went to watch her act. Right. And knew her from afar. And that's yes. why his, his reaction in the book is like worse and better and like weird. It's like he, obviously he flipped it on a switch on her because he didn't really know her. He just loved an idea of her. Yeah. So although he was incredibly cruel to her, Mm -hmm. it sort of made sense because although they wanted to pretend like their relationship was very deep, it was indeed very shallow. Yeah. Whereas in the movie, like we said, they dated, they had more interaction. So it was deeper. So then for him to reject her and then also the way he rejects her was different yeah in the movie it wasn't because of her acting and not living up to his expectation or his idea of her Mm -hmm. i i I don't even remember what it was but she ends up killing herself and they find out that she's pregnant Pregnant. which also (laughs) what yeah it's uh is it because, like, they, they get in a fight over something? I can't even remember now. And I don't even know that it's even worth going through my yeah. mile worth of notes. But, I mean, no, she gets upset with him because he goes to, like, the the drug den or something, doesn't doesn't she? Or it, Yeah, it could be that, yeah. I don't know. She's upset with him, kind of rightfully so, mm-hmm. but they have a spat. And he, like, doesn't, says he doesn't want to have kids and different stuff like that. Yeah. Well, she ends up killing pregnant. herself and their unborn child. Yeah. It's just, I. Th- it seems like the people who wrote this script saw the Dorian-Sybil relationship and was like, we have to dial this up because right. it's not interesting enough. Right. 
But she kills herself in the book, too. Mm-hmm. Allegedly. Allegedly. So, how is... I don't... It just seems very yeah. callous to be like, this suicide just doesn't seem extreme enough. Right. So, let's make her pregnant. Right. And let's make them have, like, actual relations. They've yeah. got There's got to be some sex in here. Yeah. So, let's do the sex. Let's make her pregnant. And then she kills herself. It just was so strange. And then he has an altercation with the brother. Yeah. Like, right after, after her, her death. death. The brother, like, comes and finds him and, like, knows exactly who he is, where he lives, wants to beat him up. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah. wasn't it at, at his, his house? Estate? Yeah. He, like, barges into Dorian's house. Right. How? And then they, How? but then later in the movie, they still do the, you know, I'm going to kill you. And he's like, sir, I'm too young to be the person you think I am. And he's like, yeah. oh, God, golly gee, my mistake. Yeah. And How so that, that part is the same in the book, but that doesn't work if you had him already know who he was and where he was. Yeah. What? Yeah. That's the, the whole reason that that works is because James Vane did not know who Dorian, Dorian's name, did not know him as anything other than Prince Charming, had right. never seen his face. Right. How? And although his death, like, pissed me off in the book, like, the this interpretation made it make even less sense. Mm-hmm. Though I will say, like, at least he, like, he got hit by a train or something, like, pursuing mm-hmm. Dorian. Yes. That made a little bit more sense than just, like, randomly getting shot instead of a rabbit. But yeah. <laughs> I feel like there's symbolism there that I'm just missing, but mm-hmm. it just annoyed me. I was like, the, the the guy didn't even get revenge. Yeah. But in this, all the characters were so dumb, I didn't even care. Yeah, it just, it didn't, it just didn't make any sense whatsoever. No. And there was what, like, the cigarette case that had Dorian's name on it. Yeah. And after there, instead of having the woman mm-hmm. from the opium den mm-hmm. come and tell James that that is Dorian, uh-huh. he finds a cigarette case oh, that has his right. name on it. I thought there was still a woman, but you're right. Yeah, it's the cigarette case. So, there, yeah, the woman is, like, not even... And the whole thing around the woman who recognizes him and calls mm-hmm. him Prince Charming is it opens the door for the speculation we had yeah. of, is this Mrs. Vane? Is this James and Sybil's mother? Is it Sybil, potentially? Is it, yeah, or is it another woman it that could, he, you know, yeah. was involved with that, you know... Exactly. But we, we landed on, we think it was... Sybil, which is similar to another piece of writing, but I don't want to spoil that. So, but yeah, that's yeah. what gave me the idea for that theory. But and then Lord Henry and Basil both have completely different relationships with Dorian than they do in the book. Right. They allow Basil and Dorian to have a physical relationship, which never happens in the book. Never. And what also. The scene between Basil and Dorian in the movie, it's so, like, it makes, first of all, Dorian is a fuckboy, like, <laughs> straight up, but it makes him look even worse because Basil's, like, his friend, yeah. and he's, like, trying to, like, repay Basil, yeah. but then he, like, is standing there and, like, undoes his pants, like... But you're, it seems like you're expecting Basil to do something about that. Right. That seems like 
he is doing something for you, not the reverse. The whole dynamic was so icky. I was like, what is happening now? It just just really undermines the whole, uh, all of Basil's character, even though it, in the book, it is, it does seem very obvious that Basil's romantic feelings for Dorian, Mm -hmm. uh, Dorian does not reciprocate. No. It doesn't ever seem like he reciprocates at all. No, he and had he, an emotional connection with Basil, but right. that's kind of mentioned at the beginning of the book, but... It dissipates, yeah, really. because he turns those, you know, more intense, like, best friend energy to, to Lord Henry. Henry. Yeah. Who, who is also much more manipulative, much more malicious. Yeah. And in the book... Basil also has a very strong moral compass. Mm-hmm. So it, I think part of what Oscar Wilde is doing with Basil is kind of setting up that conflict of Basil has feelings for Dorian. So Basil is probably like secretly gay. Mm-hmm. But because of the morals of the times, mm-hmm. there's really nothing he could do, right? Like, Oscar Wilde is kind of a living symbol of that. He had a homosexual relationship and was punished by being sent to a forced labor camp for multiple years. Mm. So Basil could be an illustration of that. Like, he has these feelings that he can't act on because of the morality of the day. So, and Basil's a very morally strong character. Right. He wasn't around for all the partying in the book either. He was very separate from it. And that's why he didn't believe it and came to Dorian was like concerned. I'm hearing these things like they can't possibly be true. But in this like he's kind of around for some of the debauchery. Yeah. And then again takes part in some of it. And I'm like no 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 no. That's that's when the potential fellatio is happening. Yeah. And then the mother daughter bet with no. Lord Henry, like, I was so just, no, ew. I didn't, no. I, no, just no. I didn't, Lord Henry was a no. Like, you you said he didn't get any of his, except for maybe two of his famous lines yeah. and statements. Yeah. He was, like I said, much more intentionally manipulative and devious. And rather than just being kind of playful and kind of just speaking out of both sides of his yeah. mouth just to kind of... Stir the pot. Yeah. But never with any true intention of anyone doing or not doing. He didn't yeah. really care either way. He just was kind of curious to see the effect. Yeah. I'm going to say this and see... What, what reaction. Yeah. yeah. But... <laughs> so he's this pretty, like, almost equally terrible character. Yeah. He's like... um just he seems very angry mm-hmm. and a lot of like a lot of his like line delivery is really intense and almost it's to Dorian and then it's kind of like it's yeah mm, I don't know <laughs> it's very strange and I feel like Henry kind of talks to everyone exactly the same yeah. like man woman Basil Dorian it doesn't really matter right he when he, he says his wild shit, mm-hmm. he says all of it the same to everyone. And everyone's sort of, like, impressed and amused by him. But yeah. in the film, like, everyone is kind of 
I don't know. Like, I, I don't feel like they like him very much. And they definitely don't like Dorian much. Like, Dorian right. doesn't keep up any pretenses at all. Like, everyone at every yeah. party just looks at him like, oh, you've yeah. seen all my sins. And I've probably done half my sins with you. And, oh, we all know, but we aren't going to talk about it. It was just yeah. very uncomfortable and very strange. And not how I read it in the book at yeah. all. No. I mean, because there is a little bit. But at the end... Dorian still is able to move in society with, I mean, there are whisperings, right? Right. Not not everyone in the room looking at each other uncomfortably because we all know what each other did. Like, it wasn't like that. No. Yeah. Because it was very separate. Mm -hmm. There's, like, the high society people that he hung out with, with Henry and Basil. Mm -hmm. And then there's... He went to the complete other side of town. Yeah. To, like, go to his opium dens. Well, and I feel and like the opium dens, I don't know that he went to those with Lord Henry no, in the book. he didn't. But in the movie, he Lord does. Henry's the one that took him there. Yeah. So that was weird. Basil's murder was much sooner. Yeah. And he disposed of his body completely differently. Yep. We didn't get Alan Campbell coming in with his chemistry set. No. He's in a traveling case that he throws in the river. Yeah. And, like, gets caught but not get caught. Right. Some guy's like, hey, what you doing? And he's just like, oh, oh, oh. And he just, like, gets away with it. Yeah. I don't even. So not believable. And then he just disappears for a while. Or maybe he doesn't disappear at all. But it seems like he hasn't been around. Yeah, he hasn't been around. Yeah, he's gone. Because then when he comes back. Everyone's old. And Lord Henry has a daughter? An adult daughter. An adult daughter. Named Emily. I think. Emily Watton. Yeah. Yeah. No. Is she a lovely character? Do I like the actress? Yeah. She had a great job. Great. Great. Was this character in the book? No. No. Was it weird, her inclusion? Yeah. 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 I didn't like it. Lord Henry, a dad? No. And then, <laughs> I'm sure you see where this is going, the adult daughter and Dorian start to date. Yeah, they've got a relationship. And obviously, Lord Henry's like, nah. Yeah, I've seen your darkest da- like secrets. And then, because of the relationship between Dorian and his daughter, Lord Henry is the one who's pursuing Dorian like through his house, like yeah. running around chasing him at the very end yeah. whenever Dorian has the final altercation with his portrait. Right. And Dorian wants to be better for Emily, not because he f- didn't seduce a tavern winch right. or whatever. Right. Whatever his like <laughs> self claim to fame. Well, but I did, I resisted. <laughs> You know, and then, but even in the end, like, I think we discussed in the book, it's like, I don't know if what his motivations were for wanting to destroy the painting. Like, you know, if he just thought he would get a fresh start Mm -hmm. or if, yeah, if he was just finally didn't want the stuff hanging over his head or if he truly did want to become a better person, whatever it was, it was all because of his inner own inner turmoil, not Mm -hmm. because he wanted to do it for someone else. Right. (laughs) So it was so strange. Yeah. Because he did become a better person around and for her. And he was Mm -hmm. a changed man. And then Lord Henry comes, like, after him, sets his house on fire. Like. What is this? I don't know. And then the painting's all, like, 
growling and yeah. oozy and yeah, like you hear like I I think in the in the book does it make noises ever even I think Dorian thinks he hears it sometimes but yeah in the book or in the movie it's much more exaggerated it's like yeah. you yeah. know it's just ew <laughs> I, I did not the the gushy noises that they made. Mm-hmm. It was bad. It was was not good. It was ick. Yeah. Yeah. So all in all, it was a, it was a bummer. Yeah. Of a film. It, 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 yeah. No, it just was, it was way too far off and like missed any, it had no subtlety whatsoever. No. And that's kind of like one of the like things about that book is it's not, overly gratuitous in any manner Mm -hmm. like it's honestly that the reason that the book is so great aside from like the the morality implications and the message but it's really the prose Mm -hmm. like when you read it the way that he writes Mm -hmm. is just so lovely and you miss all of that and and I think that's what I mean by it's a 2000s movie because I feel like 2000s movies try to make everything bigger and sexier yeah you know (laughs) yeah I agree and I think I don't would if they did a remake if they tried to do another version of Mm -hmm. Dorian Gray would it even be successful now? Would somebody have that sleight of hand to be, to pick up on the subtleties? Some things are just meant to be books. I, I agree. I agree. Pride and Prejudice related really well to film to yeah. see these conversations and stuff. Mm-hmm. But a lot of Dorian Gray is, it is, it's dialogue, but it's not necessarily coherent dialogue or or it's like internal or it's like you said so subtle and it Mm -hmm. you know just not everything needs to be a movie that's that's right I think at the end of the day that's the message it doesn't sometimes it's just better to leave it as a book yeah and I think that Dorian Gray is was one of those Mm -hmm. I agree I think it's a very tempting story to want to adapt but I think, yeah. If you have I, to change that much about it, are you adapting it anymore? Yeah, exactly. And, I mean, when I read Dorian Gray, I enjoy it so much because the language is so mm-hmm. lovely. Mm-hmm. So, you can't capture that in a movie. And your favorite character was just botched by your by, <sighs> with your favorite actor. It just I felt know. like such a travesty. It was just tragic because I love Colin Firth. He could have done a great job, but it was yeah. it was it was the, the writing, it yeah, was, the script of the film. The writing really let and I love Ben Barnes too. Mm-hmm. On paper, yeah. if you were to come to me and say they've adapted Dorian Gray and Ben Barnes is playing Dorian mm-hmm. and Colin Firth is playing Lord Henry, I'd be like lit. That is gonna be yeah. so perfect. Yeah. The three main guys were cast very well. I thought Basil was great, too. Yeah. And did a great job in the characters that were written for them. I feel like they could have also done justice to the versions that were written in the book. But that's not what the film writers did. Yeah. Because I think you've seen The Kingsman, right? Yes. So Colin Firth in The Kingsman is Lord Henry. Mm, Yeah. Because he's... he's he can't really give... I mean, he does give the kid advice, but it, it is more in a, like, 
testing way of like seeing yeah. what he does with you know yeah. these different things. Like he doesn't step in and you know point his direction. Uh, you know he yeah. yeah he has to kind of stand back and be like, well, what would you do with this? Yeah. You know, I don't know. <laughs> so if he played that character as Lord Henry, mm-hmm. it would be perfect. Yeah. That, the air about him in yes. that movie is perfect. Yes, yeah. And yes, I, I obviously I've seen that movie. He jumps in and helps him and all that stuff. But yes, the air about him is very it's, much lighter. It, it's the lightness. Yes, yeah. Because Lord Henry had, he's, not a serious man. Mm-mm. He's he's, he's got, not purposely trying to corrupt no, souls out no, here. He's, he's just like, it would be fun if I said this just to see what yeah. they say. I'm going to say this because in my brain it sounds funny. Yeah. I feel like that's what he's thinking 99% of the times mm-hmm. he's saying stuff. He's just like, yeah, this would be fun to right. say. Or, well, I think this, but uh, I also agree with the complete opposite. You yeah. know? He d- <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it's like, isn't that mind-bendy? Like, just, <laughs> I amuse myself. Yeah. You know? I feel like that's what he's doing. Yeah. He's just amusing himself through yeah. the whole book. Yeah. Whereas, like, in the movie, he seems like he has some weird agenda or, like, Dorian's, yeah. like, a fun play thing until it he comes isn't. to his, yeah, and, until it comes to his daughter. And then it's like... I've grown up and, oh, God, what did I do? Yeah. <laughs> you know, I don't yeah, know. I know. Super strange. Miss the mark. So strange. 100%. Yeah. So if, you were, if you've read Dorian Gray because you listen to our show and then now you're like, I should watch this film, just don't. I would say don't, but if you're going to know that it is not going to be the same thing yeah, you're, at all. <laughs> yeah. You're going to be disappointed, to say the least. To say the least. So. There the, you go. The next one was much more enjoyable for me, uh, Where the Crawdads Sing. That one, I, I thought was a very good movie film adaptation. I agree. I thought it was, I enjoyed the movie a lot. The The pacing was good. Um, obviously, they changed a little bit of the back and forth. They did some of the back and forth, but they put a lot of the trial stuff kind of together at the end. And they left some things out, like mm-hmm. the the bus drivers and, like, the, you know. Yeah. I was almost curious that they would show us, like, her in disguise, <laughs> you yeah. know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. As, they've, uh, as they suggest that um, she did. I, part of me was like, I would like to see this and see how convincing this was. <laughs> Yeah. But all in all, I would say it was a very true adaptation. The acting was really good, mm-hmm. and, and I really enjoyed it. it. I'm sure Emily either tried not to notice or completely noticed. I pretty much just had tears running down my face, probably at least 60% of the movie. And I don't know why other than just the book made me feel so much. So mm-hmm. I think that that was still, because I had just finished the book like a few days before we went to see the movie together. Mm-hmm. So that was all still really raw. So, like, yeah, I just sat there just with gentle tears running down my face the entire time. But it was, I I enjoyed it. I know that sounds really strange, but I did. Yeah. No, I I enjoyed the movie a lot. Um, I definitely did tear up a little. I'm trying to think which part, though. Was it near the end? Definitely near the end. Because I'll tell you the part that made me, like, almost blubber, and I I thought was really beautiful, 
that the book didn't do. This was an addition that I just thought was so incredibly lovely because we get the scene of Kaya in her boat right before her heart attack or as mm-hmm. she's having it or whatever. Um, and yeah. she looks and she sees her mom yeah. standing there and like they, you know, her mom basically like calls, calls to, her to her and like, you know, yeah. takes her hopefully to heaven or, you know, it's, it's just, oh, like I just, yeah, I like that, that scene. I was just like, oh my God. Yeah. I think it, it, it was so, be- I just thought I that was such was a lovely scene. touch. Yeah. Such a lovely touch. Yeah. I think it was, I think it was that scene. I think the only part of the movie that I wish they would have kept was the end when Tate finds the shell necklace. Mm-hmm. And because in the book, it's because she had always done the firewood and she had been passed away. So yeah. he just hadn't. And that's when he find, sees on the, f- in that there's like, a, a little, little floorboard yeah. in the floor. Yeah. And he opens it and finds the box with the poetry and mm-hmm. the shell necklace. Mm-hmm. I feel like they should have done that instead of it being in one of her books. Yeah, yeah. I just feel I like that's a little out in the open mm-hmm. for such an incriminating object. Right. And my only thought is, is like they didn't know how to illustrate she always did the firewood, but they could have just thrown a few scenes in there of like, as time passing, like her chopping the wood and just mm-hmm. stacking or not even chopping it, just her stacking it while they're doing things about the house or yeah. him just making, literally making the comment like, oh, Kaya's not here. She was always the one that would get the firewood yeah. for us. Wait, what's that? You know? Yeah. <laughs> like, And if they didn't want to do the firewood thing, mm-hmm. they could have just had like him looking like extra close at the floor or yeah like oh he moved a chair moved a chair yeah and, and then, there it is mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. there's a, a million ways to illustrate yeah. that but i just think that it being under the floorboard makes more sense yeah for that but and I then think, of course you miss out on like the little poetry bits yes Yes. You know, and so that reveal that she was like a poet or whatever, like doesn't really hit in the movie. You're just like, yeah. oh, okay. You know? yeah. yeah, I agree. But other than that, I felt like they did a really good job. I did too. I thought, well, very, very well done. Yeah. Um, I don't know why I, when I read the book, I pictured Chase Andrews as being a redhead. Mm-hmm. So in the film, He's dark haired. Uh huh. I was like, oh, okay. I pictured him as a redhead. I can't remember how he was described. Is he described as I, a brunette in the I book? I think he's described as dark haired. There are <laughs> there are characters that no matter how they're described, like you just get a feeling from them as a yeah. reader, and you uh, picture yeah. them a certain way. So yeah. I totally get that. It, I, I do yeah. that all the time. I agree. It's. The main character could be blonde and tall and thin, and half the time I'll still imagine that I, she looks like me because yeah. I'm reading from her perspective, right. you know, kind That's of thing. True. Yeah. So I've and I've done that for other character, like side characters as well. It's like mm-hmm. I get a vibe from them. I picture them a certain way, and then I'm like reading along, and I'm like, oh yeah, <laughs> they don't look like that at all. <laughs> I know it's. That's the only thing. Not the only thing. I'm sorry. <laughs> that was a real hard statement right there. One of the things that's nice about movie adaptations is getting to see, like, the living embodiment. If casted correctly, it's cool to get to see that. And then, mm-hmm. yeah, then it, for people who do have a hard time, like, imagining, then they have mm-hmm. something to put in that 
in that place as yeah. they read. Yeah. Which is kind of nice. Yeah. But. Yeah. I know, like, some people, when they read, they will picture, like, n- not necessarily people that they know. Mm-hmm. If they're described as looking similar, but, like, maybe actors or yeah. famous people. Yes. I know that, that, that a lot of people will do that. I think sometimes when I'm reading, I'm and I'm thinking of Throne of Glass right now, just because the way that she describes her characters is very specific, mm-hmm. like, especially with, like, hair color, eye color, mm-hmm. very particular. Mm-hmm. So when I read, like, those books specifically, mm-hmm. I don't always have facial features in my mind. Me either. I have, like, hair and eyes. Right. And what really threw me off? Those dang book covers where she is white-haired, <laughs> white haired, yeah. white-skinned, like, and I'm, t- I'm talking, like, paper white, snow yeah. white skin. Like, she looks like she's colorless, basically. Yeah, basically. In armor. And, you know, <laughs> and so I'm reading, like, so when you, like, say, oh, yeah, she's blonde, I had such a hard time not picturing that image that was on the front of the book. And I absolutely hate it because it's wrong. And why it's did wrong. they do that? Uh, yeah. Why? The, and then have you seen the new covers? They're more um, artistic. You're talking about like the ones that are like, um, I don't know, like a scene with like a deer in the background or something like that. Like, yeah. Yeah. And she has like new official covers too that okay. are like, um, they don't have any characters on the front. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I, yeah. I bought one of the, I plan on collecting them all. Weirdly, buying them individually is cheaper than buying them as a set, at least when I looked. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I'll just buy them individually. Yeah. Hopefully, I'll get some of them on sale. But yeah, yeah I like those more artistic covers. Mm-hmm. Now, my Lord of the Rings set, I thought that it didn't have movie covers on it. Because, like, the spine of it has, like, the mountains. Mm-hmm. But then when I pulled them out, I, I was like, oh, it's got the actors on the cover. But I still actually like them. Usually, I yeah. don't like it. But I, the way that it's done, I did like it. I Yeah, I don't mind it for Lord of the Rings, actually. Actually, I have I the copy that's there by Sybil. Mm-hmm. That is all three books in one. Mm-hmm. And then I have the uh, collectors set. The, the uh, colors on those are gorgeous. I love them so much. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've actually been had on my list to buy a waterproof, fireproof safe specifically to put for them. <laughs> not. Well, those and, like, a handful of other books yes. that are, like, like my Harry Potter books are not collectible necessarily. Yeah, but they're precious to you. But I bought them all as they came out. Yes. So. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I'm going to have a safe right. in the basement sometime, and it's just going to be books. But it's like that uh, <laughs> struggle, like, because I want my books to be here so that I can see them. Right. But also, what if my house catches on fire? Right. I need them to be safe. You know what? You put a set in the safe, and then and you get a set for reading. That's right. That can burn Yeah. in a fire. <laughs> this is my burnable set. Yes. <laughs> and then my my real set, they're in the safe. Right. Right. <laughs> I know. It's, it's uh, psychotic in my brain in there. I but, bet you there's a lot of people that completely agree yeah. and understand what you're saying. Yeah. <laughs> it makes sense to me. Yeah. <laughs> um... Before we move on, do you want to talk about the movie review for Where the Crawdads Sing that kind of set you off a little bit? <laughs> yes. Um, let me see. And then subsequently set me off. 
after yeah. it set you up. Uh, yes. And whenever we did our full episode on Where the Crowd Ads Sing, I had not watched the film. But I did pull a movie review on the film. It came out in 2022. It did well at the box office. Um, so this specific review enraged me <laughs> to the core of my being. So <laughs> this review calls Kaya a manic pixie dream girl. So, uh, quote, Peter Bradshaw in his one star review in The Guardian described where the crawdads sing as an uncompromisingly terrible southern gothic schmaltzer, a relentless surge of solemnly ridiculous nonsense in the style of rom drom maestro Nicholas Sparks, and termed Kaya as a manic pixie dream girl murder suspect. Um, Did he watch the movie? I just simply do not understand. So I hate whenever, right? Like when I hate the manic pixie dream girl trope generally. Mm -hmm. Any of those, and we've talked about the Mary Sue, Sue trope, right? All of them suck. Mm -hmm. Like I personally, a Mary Sue is like that character who's like good at everything. Blah blah yeah. blah. I love it. Yeah. I, of, of course you still give them flaws. Like, right. But if I'm reading like a high fantasy, I want all the characters to have all the magic. Right. Like I want my main character mm -hmm. to literally have the most shit. Yeah. Do I want them to work or like show, I don't have to watch them struggle to learn a skill is it fun sometimes to, like, kind of go through with them as they, like, get better at something? Yeah. Mm -hmm. But sometimes it's also okay that they're just naturally good at something or yeah. just have the power. Because just like a, a sitcom, a movie, a TV show, a book, you only have so much time exactly. to tell a story. So that's why people fall in love in two weeks because you don't have time to follow them for 10 years while they slowly fall in love with each other and realize it. Yeah. Sometimes things just have to happen quick. Love happens quick. Powers happen quick. Skills, people just are naturally are. good at them. And yeah. sometimes those things happen in real life. Yeah. So it's not completely unbelievable. Yeah. And also I'm reading high fantasy. We've got unicorns. We've got all dragons. And the thing that you're having trouble believing is that someone is just naturally good at something? And you just can't believe that this 18-year-old girl is just a natural with a sword? Please. She rode in on Pegasus, bitch. Like, right. the sword, <laughs> who cares? Right. She well, was born with the sword in her right hand. I don't care. Yeah. And also, she... Because part, not the whole thing, but part of the Manic Pixie Dream Girl thing is that, is it also that she's just, like, naturally good? It's like, but she's not. She has to work hard to learn to read. And mm -hmm. does she maybe have a natural affinity for the swamp? Yes. But also she grew up in it. That was the thing that comforted her in her darkest times. Why wouldn't she have a deep bond with it? Mm -hmm. So that's ridiculous. But also... You explained it much better, but the Manic Pixie Dream Girl thing is, like, basically, like, she 
props up another character, but mm-hmm. she is the main character. She right. is the one that gets propped up. She is not propping anyone. Yeah, so Peter Bradshaw clearly doesn't understand the definition of Manic, Manic Pixie Dream Girl because the literal definition of the Manic Pixie Dream Girl is that she is a side character who is two-dimensional and is simply exists to allow the male main character a, like, hero's arc. So yeah. she's just there to basically amplify his qualities. Right. I think he meant to call her a Mary Sue, but Manic Pixie Dream Girl sounded cooler, yeah. so that's what he... And I don't think she's a Mary Sue, but I think that that's what his attitude is expressing so he but if you're going to critique something like a character analysis style like this is implying at least brush up on your terms right like peter bradshaw come on it's the easiest thing to do you've these are very very different tropes Mm mm-hmm a manic pixie dream girl basically has zero personality and attributes, whereas a Mary Sue gets all of them. Right. They're essentially opposites. Kaya is the furthest thing from two-dimensional. And she's the main character. You you can't be the manic pixie dream girl if you're the main character. Right. The point of it is it's a side character. Right. So really what we have here in Where the Crawdads Sing is a manic pixie dream boy in the form of Tate. Right. Which he's, I would say, a little more fleshed out than two-dimensional. But if anyone's supporting anyone, Tate is supporting her. Right. But see, what's funny is that the Manic Pixie Dream Girl trope is negative. Right. So when someone says that a character is a Manic Pixie Dream Girl, it's negative because she is given basically no personality she's giving no plot line Mm -hmm. nothing about her is individual to her she Mm -hmm. exists for the purpose of the male main character however in a manic pixie dream boy Mm -hmm. they are always given more of a personality Mm -hmm. generally speaking they uh are more sensitive so what i have it in here so the manic pixie dream boy is seen as a refreshing shift because they are usually more sensitive, more emotionally mature and intelligent. Mm-hmm. So it is a shift from a lot of traditionally written male characters that mm-hmm. amplify the alpha male toxicity. Right. So the manic pixie dream boy is usually positive, which is what we see in Tate. Yes. Yes. So... <laughs> He's a good side character. He, he like you said, he, he gets backstory. He gets mm-hmm. history. Mm-hmm. He has a personality and interests. He has flaws, but he's good to Kaya and understanding mm-hmm. and emotionally mature. Yeah. To a point. Yes. And we see <laughs> him interact with other characters without her. Right. The Manic Pixie Dream Girl essentially doesn't exist without the male main character she's right. there to support, which is not the case for the Manic Pixie Dream Boy. Right. What we need to have is just well-written side characters, whether they be male or female, yeah. that are well-written, well-rounded, and supporting the main character, regardless of the gender of anyone. Like, just write good characters. Yeah. Like, let's stop with the bullcrap. I know. And it's just... Write your characters well, and no one will be two-dimensional. 
Yeah. It just... It's so frustrating because I I feel like... And we, I, we've talked about this before, of course, but I just get so frustrated because it's like you just cannot win writing a female character. Right, right. Like... She's either too much, not enough, too soft, too hard. Exactly. Too subservient, too, you know. Independent. Yeah. Yeah. It, people just criticize a female character no matter what her characteristics are. Mm -hmm. And it just feels like you're a catch-22 constantly. Yeah. But we don't criticize male characters in the same way. Mm -hmm. Not that we don't criticize male characters, but it's definitely not in the same way. It's not as harsh, mm -hmm. and people don't feel as strongly in one camp or the other. Right. Like, they're just more apt to want to either look past the flaws and find them desirable than yeah. anything else. Yeah. It, it's crazy. And there's nothing wrong with that either. I'm just, it's, yeah. it's, yeah. Look past their flaws. Let them be a Loki that was kind of bad, kind of good, trying to do the right, you know? Yeah. Love your morally gray boys. Like, that's not what I'm saying. But it's just, it is wild that yeah. it's like, it, it. you can't win with a girl, but with a guy, it's like... You can write him any which way. Right. And people will find reasons to love them. Whereas girls, there's more of a critical eye. They Rather than looking for something to love, they look for something to... Criticize. Yeah. And exactly. it, that does suck. Yeah. It's uh, really annoying. But yeah, this guy's... Um, I He clearly didn't watch the movie. I, I dare say, has he ever felt an emotion in his entire life? That might be a yeah. little too far, but it's just like... What, what book did you... Did you read the... What movie did you watch? What do yeah. you mean? Yeah. It, it's very confusing. Um, it just he went to the wrong busy. theater. He, he went into the wrong theater. Because this is not this movie that he's talking about. It's not. It's not. He's crazy. And he also, like, get your terms right. Yeah. You know? Yeah. You're writing for The Guardian. Yeah. Like... And I, I misspoke earlier when I said part of the Manic Pixie Dream Girl thing was the Mary Sue Attributes... I meant more so, yes, he was confusing yeah, yeah, yeah. the two. Yeah. But yeah, I yeah. If you're gonna if you're gonna criticize something, you better be super right. <laughs> exactly. You better if, be super right. If you're writing your one star negative review and you're gonna throw out accusations, make sure that they are at least based in facts mm -hmm. or at least an argument can be made for them. Mm -hmm. Don't just straight up use the wrong term. We strongly disagree. Yeah. <laughs> it's what we're saying. <laughs> Peter Bradshaw, I need you to get in our email. Let's, let's hash this out. Yeah. I need you to know that you're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry for the comments saying that you've never had a feeling. I just, it, your, your review is just harsh and I just don't feel like you watched the right movie. Yeah. <laughs> You're talking about something else. Yeah. And whatever yeah. else you were talking about had to have been pretty bad for you to say what you said. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. It did not feel like a rom drama. No. To me. No. 
way too depressing to be a rom-drama. It wasn't about romance. I mean, there is a romance in it. But it's not about It's not romance. about the romance. Not really. It's about human interaction. And a person who is abandoned as a child and mm-hmm. had to live alone for and most of their life. That's depressing. Yeah. And trying to figure out how connection works. Yeah. And the, just the comparison, the difference between the connection she had with Tate and the connection she had with Chase. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. One being fulfilling and one filling an emptiness. You know, yeah. it just... Yeah. There was so much more. It's just, yeah, I strongly disagree. <laughs> yeah. Ugh. Look, I'm not down for inaccuracy is my man. No. Get it together. Mm-hmm. Um, but overall... Liked the movie a lot. Liked the movie a lot. Uh, it, it's on Netflix, or it was. That's mm-hmm. where I watched it. So Good yeah. adaptation. Yeah, they did a good job. Casting was good. Um, I don't so. remember if it had nudity or not. If it did, it's very, very brief. brief. And it's just that one scene with Tate when he's like, oops, nope, uh, we can't do this. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I don't, I don't think that there is, but don't quote me on that. Go on IMDb or... There are websites you can look if you're if you are uncomfortable with nudity, you can look on websites and it'll tell you when it occurs. What, yeah, when it occurred. Anything. Mm-hmm. Language, yeah. drugs, violence. <laughs> you can look those things up and shield your little eyes <laughs> and yeah. your sweethearts if you don't. And I'm not saying that kind of setting me. I mean, I've done that before for certain things. They're just sometimes you don't or you're watching it with Kids, you can't be having things like that pop mm-hmm. up. <laughs> yeah. Because sometimes you'll have a perfectly acceptable movie that has, like, a handful of scenes that you're like, ooh, why? Yeah. <laughs> so you gotta be, you just gotta be in the know. Gotta be in the know. So. Yeah. So. Our next film is The Chamber of Secrets. Dun, dun, dun. Doo, doo. I mean, it's a, it's great. It's, it's great. so good. There's I mean, not really a ton to say simply no. because we probably already said it when we, we talked about defini- the book. <laughs> we definitely already said it. Um, some of my favorite things about this particular one would be Kenneth Branagh. Fantastic. Um, the uh, the basilisk itself looks, looks really incredible. Cool. Really cool. Um, this is our first encounter with Jason Isaacs as Luscious Lucius. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> he does such a perfect job. Mm-hmm. And also his the way he looks in the film was his idea. Yeah. Like has originally they had him with short hair, mm-hmm. like a short kind of slick back the way that they have Draco's hair. Yeah. Yeah. And him wearing like a pinstripe suit. Oh. But Jason Isaacs is like, no, no, no. <laughs> Lucius Malfoy is, he's not going to wear muggle clothes. This man is this, full of flair. What do you mean? <laughs> this man is, he's got to look like a wizard. He yeah. is not going to be in a suit. Mm-mm. So he, that's why yeah. he went nice. with the long hair. Yeah. yeah. So he's very astute. Because his little, his little cane his little that he cane. like uses. I love mm-hmm. seeing the like the behind the scenes thing where he like uses it accidentally too harshly. He's like, oh, sorry, love. Like to the kids. <laughs> like <Yeah. laughs> he's such a great actor. He really is. Yeah. 
So yeah, I think uh, Jason Isaacs and Kenneth Branagh are the real standouts in, in this film. Yeah, and then just the, the visual effects. Mm-hmm. Were, yeah. The spiders. The spiders look really good for yeah. the year that this was made. Just the chamber looked cool, the, so cool. Yeah. They, I know they didn't do the full body statue, but just the face with the mouth like it's so super effective super effective yeah Yeah. so obviously the book is still better yeah of course but the movie was a very fair good adaptation i also really enjoy one of the lines that always makes me laugh Mm -hmm. is whenever um draco is like I didn't know you could read. <laughs> it's just so funny. <laughs> like, why are you wearing glasses? Yeah. I didn't know you could read. And he, like, actually looks shocked. Yeah, yeah. Like, the yeah, the little, it's, like, oh, face, oh. yeah. <laughs> I just laugh every time. So good. It's so funny. I think Tom Felton actually, like, improv that line. I think, I think that he did. I'm so impressed by people who just, like, improv lines. Mm-hmm. Uh, like in Parks and Rec, uh, Chris Pratt, there's one episode, I think it's when Leslie is sick. Yes. And he's like, I typed your symptoms into the search bar and it says you might have, uh, network Network connectivity problems. (laughs) Yes. That one makes me laugh every time. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I think that a not all the time, but a lot of times that he improved something, it ended up making it yeah. into the into the show. Yeah, because he's so good. He's just him as Andy, hilarious. Mm-hmm. Just pure fun. Mm-hmm. Yep. Which is the point of that character? Yeah, him and April are the salty and sweet. Listen, you know, I love. Obviously, we named our dog after April Ludgate. Right. So I, we love April and Andy. Right. <laughs> the perfect pair. Um, but yeah, Chamber of Secrets is amazing. Makes me feel like I'm a kid. Yes. Because it came out in, like, 2002. Because mm-hmm. I think the first two came out, like, one right after the other. Yeah, yeah. And the other ones were close-ish, but they did kind of have to... Spread them out a smidge. And s- not scramble, but, you know, they had to get a new director, so... Yeah. Yeah, so those the first two really have, like, that childlike whimsy. Yes. Which, the third one... The tone in the book changes too, but mm-hmm. I just I felt the film at a, uh, it was just almost too drastic for me. Mm-hmm. It's a little jarring. As much as I love it, and it's like super Halloween vibes, it very Halloween. Uh, it's just a little jarring for me. Yeah, because <laughs> the first two, like I think we talked about, like the first one is very Gryffindor warm colors. Mm-hmm. The second one um, is very like cool Slytherin colors, but it still just has like a coziness mm-hmm. about it. So, but yeah, it, um, I just, I, I really like both of them. And that one is very fun. I feel like it's like kind of a young Indiana Jones sort of like adventure mm-hmm. kind of thing like you it know it's very like adventure yeah, yeah like a secret chamber like you know it's just yeah. it's very cool a mystery yeah. yeah they have to go back into the forest and mm-hmm. yeah yeah very cool indeed now i put legend born on here it does not have an adaptation yet Mm-mm. however i figured this would be a perfect time for us to update what we know mm-hmm. 
And what we know is that it is confirmed that it is going to be adapted into a show. I don't know, I don't think it's like has a network home yet, but I think the production company is called Black Bear Productions. Mm -hmm. So it has like a production company and the showrunner is apparently going to be Felicia D. Henderson. She was a writer and executive producer on The Punisher. Ooh. So. Okay. And obviously a ton of other stuff. Yeah. But uh, uh, Tracy Dion, I read an interview with Tracy and an article and she is talking about the show and obviously the book as well, but she said she specifically wanted a black woman to be the showrunner because she felt like no one else could relate to Brie in the same way, which mm-hmm. is true. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Uh, Felicia D. Henderson, I'm sure she'll do an excellent job. I mean, the Absolutely. Punisher was amazing. Can other people tell other people's stories well and with respect? Absolutely. But if you can, why wouldn't you get someone who could fully understand the perspective of your main character? You right. know, someone who can yeah. fully relate, like... Especially because a lot of the themes in this book are about Bree's otherness in the circles that she's moving in. Absolutely. So, yeah, it makes complete sense that Tracy would seek someone out who would understand For that. sure. Yeah. For sure. So, because I'm sure if she felt like she had, like, the showrunner skills... She would do it herself. So she oh, kind of yeah. wants someone who would be an appropriate, is the correct term, like proxy, if you will. Yeah. Like, you know, she mm-hmm. wants, yeah, she just wants someone who is going to f- execute her vision mm-hmm. you know, like she would, yeah. you know. And yeah. I'm glad that she found someone that she can trust with it. Because yeah. as if you listen to our episode, it's an exceptional story. Yeah. It's, I'm. I love it so much. Like, I'm excited to see it. Yeah. I really am. Me I just too. hope that it's as true to the book as it can be. Yeah, I agree. And she did say in that interview specifically that Felicia D. Henderson has read the book. I don't know. She didn't specify if she's read both of them. Mm-hmm. I would assume so. Mm-hmm. And that she has a real connection to Brie. Mm-hmm. So it makes me feel very optimistic that it'll be a faithful adaptation. Yeah, that's awesome. So I'm so excited. We will track this. Yes. And update as we can, but that's really exciting. So Yeah, I'm I'm stoked. Because yeah. of all the reveals and lore, I I just I mean, it would definitely probably help my brain to, like, visually see everything, too, you know? Yeah, I agree. It would be really interesting to see, like, the way that um, they can portray, like, the way Ether looks and the... And just, like, the... Just, like, the way that their their little society even Mm -hmm. works, like, and... I mean, not that I had trouble picturing that, just, like, all the magic rules and stuff. Yeah. That'll be cool to, like, physically see. Yeah, I agree. So much. I'm just, yeah. It's gonna, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's gonna, it's gonna be so good. It's gonna be so fun. <laughs> I'm sure it'll be a while. Yeah. But hopefully But that's not okay, too you long. know. I was gonna say, not too long, but take your, don't rush it. Take your time. And I think this, it, it's... 
supposed to be a trilogy. I think, I don't know mm-hmm. if we talked about that in our episode, but. I think when we were talking about the book, we weren't sure. But yeah, you recently discovered it's supposed to be a trilogy. I so. did look it up, and it is, as of right now, supposed to be a trilogy. Of course, that can always change, but um, two of them are already out, obviously. Mm-hmm. So. I would assume that the third one will probably be out before we get any, mm. uh, like, show yeah. air yeah. on TV. So, um, I have high hopes. Me too. I have faith that she will, like, oh, yeah. finish it well in advance. Yeah. We're, we're not... This is not a Game of Thrones situation. <laughs> we're not going to have multiple seasons with, that are not drawing from source material. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, don't even get me started on that adaptation. <laughs> um, our final film for this roundup is Fellowship of the Ring. Indeed. Now, there are quite a few differences. There are. And if you've heard me talk at all, you know that those things irk me to the ends of the earth. Mm-hmm. But for some reason, with Lord of the Rings... It doesn't bother me <laughs> so much. Yeah. So I, I think it's because I love, I, one, I loved and enjoyed Lord of the Rings for so long as a film, you know, as a set of films that like the books just deepened my understanding. I don't feel like the books portrayed anyone incorrectly necessarily. I think that the books made Mary and Pippin, Mary especially, a little bit more mischievous than they actually are, mm-hmm. maybe. Um, but, but then again, I haven't read the other two books, so maybe they get a little more nutty in there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but for the most part, I, I just feel like the, the essence, uh, is really there. Yeah. So I, it, it didn't irk me like it normally does, even with the minute detail, like even in Discovery, which is, I was like, nope, that's wrong. Yeah. That didn't feel right. That's wrong. For some reason, Lord of the Rings just feels right, even though it, there's, there's quite a bit of difference. Um, mm-hmm. I just, they just complement each other in my brain yeah. now. But I agree. I did read Lord of the Rings before I watched the movies mm-hmm. way back in the day. Mm-hmm. Um, it was one of the books that I read in the interim years, waiting for Harry Potter books to come out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, but. I read them, and then very soon after is when the films came out. Mm-hmm. So I have watched the films way more times. So that's probably also why the changes don't bother me. Mm-hmm. But also the changes that they made are mostly to the beginning. Right. And I do see how the beginning is not necessarily... Film content. Yeah. I get, yeah, I see that too. You know, like, I don't think in a movie, especially because at this time, they're working with, you have three hours. Mm-hmm. Like, they didn't have the, this is also a gripe I have with Game of Thrones, like, you have ten hours per book. Right. And you couldn't get it. You couldn't. Right. You couldn't stay true mm-hmm. to even most of the content, mm-hmm. and you have 10 hours. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I get I, it together. Yeah. I feel the same way about the Harry Potter movies. I just sort of make them separate things. Like they yes. blend in my head, but they're also two very separate things. So the yeah. things in the movies that aren't the same as the book, 
irk me, but I also can completely enjoy the movies as something completely separate. And I feel the same mm-hmm. with Lord of the Rings, you know, just like mm-hmm. Arwen's not in the book, but I love her inclusion in the film. Yeah. Like one of my favorite scenes is when she's riding on the horse with Frodo mm-hmm. and she does, she does the spell for the, the river, for the river and the, if you want him, come and claim him. Like, I just think that's so cool. Like, so yeah. I can't be mad that it was somebody yeah. else and it did not happen that way in the book at all. Right. <laughs> but so they, yeah, for those two franchises, especially like, but I think it's because the essence and the feeling is so right mm-hmm. and all there mm-hmm. that any changes that are made still feel true. Yeah. I agree. And they didn't um, change any of the main characters either. Like, mm-hmm. the way that, like, the essence of them. Like, even in the books, Mary in the books is a little more, like, responsible. Right. And Pippin is still kind of, like, a little bit like He's, like, the lighthearted one. Yes. And... But they're not as, like, silly and fun as they are in the film. Yeah, they're a little bit more comic relief, just like they did to Ron in the Harry Potter movies. Yeah. The character changes irk me a smidge more in the Harry Potter movies than they did in the Lord of the Rings. Yeah. um, But. Yeah, because I I feel like in Harry Potter, it was very much to his detriment. Yeah. Like, it, it was actually to the detriment of Ron and Hermione, to be honest. Like, mm-hmm. it lessened who they are as characters. Yeah, because they made Hermione have less flaws as well. Yeah, they made her less interesting. Less interesting, and also it's like, it makes Ron look like a complete dolt, and she just looks like the smart one who's always yeah. bright. Yeah. Whereas, like, I'm re-listening to um, Prisoner of Azkaban right now, and, like, they're both wrong. They're yeah. both wrong in different ways, and they're mm-hmm. fighting really hard. Mm-hmm. And I guess I can see where people would be like, you know, they don't belong together. But I argue that with people who are, like, enemies to lovers trope. It's like, they're yeah. not enemies, but, I mean, like, that's that same kind of, like, spatting little, you know, yeah, relationship that turns into more of a love passion than a disagree passion like you know so but yeah I think that their character changes were to their film detriment but at the same time like the the films are still great the actors did an incredible Mm -hmm. job but I I enjoy the book versions more because they have more yeah depth yeah I think with Lord of the Rings and Harry Potter it's almost a little bit opposite for me with Lord of the Rings, I love the books a ton. They're mm-hmm. 10 out of 10 for me. Mm-hmm. The movies are almost equal yes. for me. Yeah. The movies just, just so rich. And like I said, the, they're the, just so it's, good. It's so, it just feels so right. Yeah. Like it's I said, everything so still feels the same. Yeah. Whereas like you feel those slight differences in Harry Potter a little bit and Lord of the Rings, it, Like I said, even though some of the changes are, like, a completely different character maybe or something, but it's just, like, everything still feels exactly like it should. Yeah. That it, the, the, the changes didn't affect me emotionally whatsoever. (laughs) Me either. Like, yeah, because, you know, they take out, there's no, they don't, 
Frodo doesn't sell Baggin. We don't get mm-hmm. the Sackville Bagginses. We don't have Which that would have been hilarious. It, it would have been really funny. <laughs> um, but there's... I, the reason they... And there's no Tom Bombadil, so we don't yeah. have Gilder. Uh, but the reason they take all that stuff out is because of time. Right. We're not going to hang around for 17 years from the exactly. time Bilbo leaves to the mm-hmm. time that we discover that this is the one ring. Yeah. Like, yeah. we don't have... We don't have almost two decades. Right. See, the people that argue that things happen too fast in most books and stories and movies <laughs> can't possibly have that complaint in Lord of the Rings. No. It's just not possible. <laughs> yeah. They so, took almost too much time. <laughs> they took all the time in the world. So that is why I understand. They're just like, we have to compress all of this. Mm-hmm. and We have to give some of this... To this character. Yeah. See, yeah. They, they would give certain things to, like, our main characters that were characters that were neglected in the book. Whereas in Harry Potter, you have that same character standing right there. And yeah. you took words out of their mouth and gave it to someone who's standing right next Ex- to them. Exactly. I think that's the main difference. It is. Where they did that. Whereas in Lord of the Rings, it was like, I didn't include that character. So I'm going to give their lines to this person who is in the film. Right. And it will still have the same impact and feeling as it's supposed to. Exactly. Um, Yeah. So, like, when I think about... When I'm comparing the two, if I'm craving some Harry Potter, I'm going to read the books. If I'm craving Lord of the Rings, I watch the film. Yeah. And I, I will fully admit, you know... Hobbits sound cute in the book and all, but I really like Elijah Wood and, you know, like those four Hobbit actors especially. They're just so good. But I've just always just, I love Elijah Wood. I just think he's so great in Mm -hmm. the role and just, yeah. Yeah, he's really good. How they described him in the book is fine and dandy, but like I still pictured Elijah Wood. (laughs) Me too. Yeah. And it's not because he's. No, I mean he's cute, but I just I the their portrayals in the film I just mm-hmm. so good so yeah. good every yeah everything about Fellowship of the as the beginning it feels like when they're still in the Shire mm-hmm. it's like familiar it's cozy yes and it's fun and then you know yeah. Then we're in danger immediately. Yeah. And there's Aragorn. Yep. You know? See, and yeah, and you have, you just have like a full cast of incredible actors. Sir Ian McKellen, come on. Yeah. Yes. So uh, the actors don't leave anything to be desired because they do such an incredible job. They're, they're, yeah, so good. All, like, all of them Mm -hmm. for all of the films. Mm -hmm. And obviously the pinnacle of the film series is Return of the King. Mm-hmm. And we are going to talk about that film at some point. <laughs> it's a perfect film. All of, actually, all three Lord of the Rings films are perfect films. Yes. I will die on that hill, so. They are. There are so many hills that I'm planning on dying yeah. on, but that's one of them. <laughs> They're perfect mm-hmm. films. Yes. So we will hear nary a word to the contrary. <laughs> no, Sorry. absolutely not. If that's one of the things you're going to write us an email and say, just like save your time because we're not going to receive it. Right. <laughs> we will 
100% disagree. <laughs> we will we're laying it out there now. We're rejecting it. Any any Lord of the Rings slander, we're rejecting. Mm-hmm. Full, like, full reject. Yep. I watch these films at least once a year. Yeah. At least. Extended versions only. Thank you very much. Mm-hmm. And normally in the in-between of summer to fall, like before spooky season hits, mm-hmm. or if I miss my window, then it's between Thanksgiving and Christmas. Yeah. But usually we'll do the Harry Potter marathon between Halloween and Christmas. Yeah. Because those have more of a, they include Halloween and, and Christmas. Christmas. So they're more that time of the year, whereas like Lord of the Rings is summer to fall. But yeah, those films get watched at least once a year yeah. in our house. Yeah. I constantly, every time I like feel like I, I want to watch Lord of the Rings, which honestly happens a lot more often than I I don't watch them as much as I think about watching yeah. them. <laughs> but I'll be like, it'll be raining or whatever. We're having like a lazy Sunday and I'm mm-hmm. like, I want to watch Lord of the Rings. And Dakota never wants to watch them with me mm-hmm. because he's like, they're so long. And I'm like, we just watched eight hours of The Office. Yes. What do you mean they're so long? I will never understand that. But I I think he just doesn't want to be invested in it. Right. Like, he's seen Lord of the Rings, mm-hmm. and he's like, yeah, they're good. Yeah. But I think they might just be, like, the one watcher yeah. for him. Yeah. Kind of like, uh, what's a one watcher for me? Dallas Buyers Club. Mm-hmm. Right. It's a good movie. Mm-hmm. I understand why he won the Oscar, but I don't want to watch it again. Yeah. It made me feel very shitty to yeah. watch it. Oh, so. yeah. I never want to watch it again. There's a handful of movies. I probably couldn't name them all for you right now, but there are definitely movies I've watched and I've been like, okay, that's mm-hmm. in my brain. Mm-hmm. Never again. The Revenant was... I would watch Dallas Buyers Club again before I would watch The Revenant again. I I get what the point of it was. Yeah, yeah. I understand. Well, they they gave Leo the Oscar for The Revenant when he should have won the Oscar for Wolf of Wall Street. Wolf of Wall Street. I say, he should have won it for a million things. Is an impeccable this film. Point. He. Have you it, seen uh, What's Eating Gilbert Grape? Oh yeah, that movie is. It's a. It's a. Yeah. Now he, he, I have watched that movie more than once, but that mm-hmm. one is easily one where you go. That was an incredibly acted. It was very movie. Yeah. yeah. What a good. what a film. I don't need to watch it again. Yeah. I think I've probably seen that movie three times, maybe. Yeah. I mean, it's good, but again, it yeah. it, it does not. It's. Not I usually avoid watch. the things that make you feel that certain way where you're yeah. like, wow. Ooh. Ouch. Yeah. Beautiful, yeah. but oh, I, my soul. Yeah. Shriveled a little. Yeah. That's how I've, we watched The Revenant in theaters, and I just, I don't even really remember what the plot is. Mm-hmm. Um, just remember the struggle that he I, went through? I haven't seen it, but I, I yeah. I remember, and Tom Hardy is in it, and I love Tom Hardy. Mm-hmm. And he did really well in it. Mm-hmm. But I just don't, The re- it just was long. Yeah. And I think 
it won all the awards simply because of the cinematography. Yeah. Like, it was very well shot, I guess. Mm-hmm. But the rest of it, I just don't know. Even Inception, it, it is definitely a rewatchable movie mm-hmm. um, for me. But also, there are emotional tones in it that are just mm-hmm. heavy. Yeah. So that one could be a watch once, and you're like, yeah. that sits in my brain. Yeah, I'm good on that. But I'm good. You know, yeah. but... Leo's an incredible actor and oh and, he and deserves he definitely is. um another one that he's in that I watched once and won't ever watch The Great Gatsby. I was oh. angry by the end of that film. I have actually not seen The Great Gatsby. I really enjoy the book. We'll um, have to talk because I don't want to spoil anything for anyone who hasn't read the book or the yeah m- watch the movie since that's not what this episode's about today. Right. But um, let's talk because how it ended. I, I was infuriated. You can ask Caleb. <laughs> I was not happy. Does he play Jay Gatsby? Leo? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. Okay. I wasn't sure. And then he... Tobey Maguire's in it. Oh, yeah. He he plays the main character, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. The yeah. one that's like narrating the story for yeah, us, yeah. basically. But I think his name is Nick. I can't remember. Because I, sure. I only watched it the one time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <sighs> it's a it's a good book. I mean, it's not, like, one of my favorites, yeah. but it's classic. Um, yeah. Never watched the film. I don't know why, and there's no particular reason. I just never have. Maybe, I don't that'll, always... maybe that'll get on the list one day, because, yeah, I've never read the book. I just sometimes don't feel that compelled to watch the film version, especially yeah. classics. Yeah. I just am kind of, like, I'm It just depends on, on how, yeah, how we feel about it. Yeah. And, yeah. Like, I Oliver, totally get that. Oliver Twist is one that I've never seen. There are many adaptations of mm-hmm. Oliver Twist, and I've not seen any. I think Daniel Radcliffe's um, in one of them, isn't and he? So I, Tom Felton might be in one as well. Oh, really? Maybe. I could. But uh, yeah, I I love Oliver Twist. Yeah. I have an Oliver Twist tattoo. Nice. <laughs> so, I think was it Oliver Twist that you recommended I, because it was between Oliver Twist and something else. I can't remember. As like your first Dickens. Yeah. And I, I think, I think, I think that was think the one that you Oliver were like, Twist. do Oliver Twist. Then yeah. I was like, okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, I always say that my favorite Charles Dickens novel is the one I'm currently reading. Nice. So, Great Expectations, amazing. Oliver Twist, amazing. Mm-hmm. David Copperfield, amazing. Nicholas Nickleby, amazing. Nice. They're all great. Awesome. So, but I think Oliver Twist... Being my first one yeah. is my favorite. Nice. So so that's all the movies we watched. Right, right. And I kind of um, made the comment, like, you know, we're going we're gonna to get into some of the spooky movies that we, that we watch every year. Yeah. So let's get into that. Neat. I, we always watch Hocus Pocus. That one is on our list, too. I think that's on On everyone. Halloween, Usually. Usually. Um, I'm trying Maybe to think. Maybe not, I can't remember. Maybe not on, but very close to Halloween. Like that's the not, week of yes, Halloween. Yes. Yeah. Usually that's whenever we watch it as well. Mm-hmm. Like that week. Mm-hmm. So like the last two weeks of October, we, most of these actually do happen last two weeks of October. There mm-hmm. are some that we watch at the beginning of October. Like, uh, 
I think Hall- you have Halloween Town on the list. That's one yes. we would probably watch at the beginning of October. Yeah. Other, like, horror films, mm-hmm. maybe like a Friday the 13th or a Scream. Yeah, just you, you kind of start your spooky movie marathons, yeah. you know. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, we start early and we're we're trying to get through some, like, main staples through the month. Yeah. Not necessarily ones we'll watch every single year mm-hmm. will happen at the beginning of the month, you know, but if not every year, then it's like an every other year. Or we watch mm-hmm. it at some other point in the year because me and Caleb like the spooky movies. So we don't we don't save those for just fall time. We'll yeah. watch them all time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We don't watch a lot of scary movies for no particular reason. Yeah. But we just don't. We watch a lot of comedy yeah see and and i don't watch a lot of comedy yeah i guess i'm just boring that way (laughs) practical magic is also one of my faves if ever a movie were cozy Mm. fall vibes it's that one yeah like it's got a little you know it's got the drama and a little bit of spookiness but just like the town and the atmosphere the whole thing is just their house oh i think I've seen multiple memes or and videos like on social media of people like what guys think women want and it's like <laughs> makeup and shoes and clothes and purses yeah. and then it's like what women really want and mm-hmm. it's the practical magic house. Yes. <laughs> yes. Facts. But yeah, that whole town, the just the whole atmosphere of yeah, that yeah. one's one hundred percent. Absolutely. Spooky season movie for sure. It makes me feel like I need to live in New England from yeah. like mid September through the end of November. Absolutely. That's what it, that's the vibe I'm getting. Right. And then you have okay, you don't have to, but Halloween you watch always, always. whether it's only the first one or mm-hmm. you do a movie marathon. Caleb and I are going to do a marathon mm-hmm. cuz there's a there's a couple in the middle there that I haven't seen. Mhm. Um, but yeah, you gotta, you gotta watch Halloween. Got to. Maddie and I actually watched the last Halloween together. We did. uh, Halloween. Forever? Ends? ends. Halloween ends. Halloween ends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a fever dream for sure at some moments. Yeah. Listen, I, I try not to be a movie talker. If it's the first time I'm watching it or I'm in a theater, like I'll, I'll focus but, like, if I'm with a friend like Maddie or, like, I've seen it before or just it's just a wild bonkers town, I can't help but talk. Yeah. <laughs> and thankfully, Maddie felt the same way. And we just looked at each other and, like, talked throughout the whole <laughs> film. It was weird, but, like, I also really liked it. Like, mm-hmm. it just, I, yeah. I, I had mixed emotions by the end of it, but it was super fun to watch, yeah. especially with Maddie. So I really it was, enjoyed it. It was really fun. Uh <laughs> It was. It came in so hard at the beginning. That beginning <laughs> scene it was just. If this is how the movie's gonna be, we better buckle. Up. It was. I. It was so unexpected too. Yes. Like, <laughs> the, I just didn't expect that to happen immediately. Yeah. And for it to have, basically, no real. It had repercussions for. Corey? Just, yeah, just the one person. But yeah, as for the main story that we followed for years, no. Yeah, it had But it, for Corey, yes. Yeah, it was like <laughs> not related to Michael Myers at all. No. <laughs> 
So but it was just additional trauma for yeah, you. Exactly. Before experiencing yeah. the rest of the film. <laughs> yep. But you know. Yep. Loved it. Yeah. And then uh, some ones that Caleb and I definitely watch every year is Trick or Treat. It's Trick R Treat. Um, it's like one of those movies where it tells a couple different stories mm-hmm. and then by the end it kind of like shows you how they've all either in the same town or like how they interject or like you know how they were in the actual timeline of things like mm-hmm. highly recommend excellent halloween movie it is yeah it's very good and then uh this movie haunt i don't know if it's a less known movie or if it's more of a I don't you. I don't think you'd call it an indie film, but um, it's about these kids that go to this haunted house, like kind of in the middle of nowhere, <laughs> and that's all I'll say. But it's <laughs> it's intense, it, but it's good. It yeah, I, we really enjoy that one. It's it's a tense one for sure, but yeah. Um, there's just enough movies out there that it's like, um, never, I will, I don't think I'll ever go to a haunted house again. Like if I get murdered for real, no one's going to know. They're going to go, Oh, this is part of the show. And it's like, no, I'm really dying. Please help me. (laughs) This is for real skis. (laughs) Call the police. Right. (laughs) And then of course a lighthearted one, Ernest scared, stupid, perfect (laughs) Halloween classic. Yeah. For absolute certainty. And then, like we said, Halloween Town is always is always a good one, especially, yeah. like, early October. Yeah. And then some um, honorable mentions for me. We watched this movie called Hellfest, which, again, but instead of going to a haunted house in the middle of nowhere, these kids go to, like, a whole Halloween fest. Aha. Uh-huh. But danger still ensues. So it's like mm-hmm. going to, like, Worlds of Fun or Universal Studio- Studios, yeah. you know. Halloween Horror Nights kind mm-hmm. of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, Casper, Sleepy Hollow, 100%. The mm-hmm. eerie fall yeah. vibes. Yeah, definitely. And definitely. then <laughs> Caleb loves the uh, Adam Sandler movie that came out on Netflix a couple mm-hmm. of years ago. Hubie Halloween. It's mm-hmm. so good. Dakota loves that one, too. It's so good. <laughs> the, I, I like it. I think it's a fun movie. Mm-hmm. But whenever, like, the character Adam Sandler plays, Mm -hmm. whenever he, like, kind of gets made fun of, it breaks my heart. Yeah, my heart gets broken, and I also get filled with rage. So that one's a little bit harder for me to watch. I did really like it, but yes, that was hard for me, too. I was like, please, stop! He's just precious. Leave him alone. He is precious. Yeah, I, I don't like... I like the movie, and yes. we, I think we've watched it the last two years yeah. during Halloween, but I just, like... Those scenes that, are hard for me, too. Those part, anything like that in movie or book or real life, mm-hmm. it's very hard for me to deal with. Yes. So, yes. in real life, it, it makes me more enraged than sad. Right, right. But... But when you're helpless and you just have to watch it on the screen, you're like, I'm filled with sadness. (laughs) Yeah. Everything sucks. Yeah. (laughs) I want to hit you with my car. Right. (laughs) And you're a fictional character, so I feel no moral qualms about this. That's right. Me (laughs) contemplating your murder has zero ramifications on me at all. Right. (laughs) 100%. Yeah. 
there are so many other movies that we watch during Halloween, mm -hmm. and I just simply cannot think of them. Hey, that's okay. I think we we've thrown a, quite a few out there already. Yeah. But if if they pop in your head before the end of the film or the end of the podcast, <laughs> let me know. The film. My, my stomach has growled this entire time, and I'm really hoping it's not being picked up by the microphones because I, have not I am heard it. horrified. <laughs> Did you not have a chance to eat? No, I ate. It's just, I think I'm digesting. Oh, like, okay. It's just a lot of like... I have not noticed it, so Thank I'm guessing goodness. it's not picked up. Okay, good. Because <laughs> I'm, oh, I'm so embarrassed over here with my yeah. gurgly belly. Goodness. It's all cool. Yeah. But so. I love this time of year. I love... The cooling air, the leaves, the pumpkins, the colors, the sweaters, the sweatshirts. Uh, I love it all. I love it. But the Everything thing about it. The thing I look forward to the most every single year, back home, at the Deerberg's grocery store, they have these things that are, they are Merbs, caramel apples. Mm -hmm. The apple is, I don't know however big this is. Yeah. Quite large. Like a softball size. Softball size apple. Green apple, covered in caramel, pecans. It it will be the best caramel apple you've ever had in your life. Excellent. And when my mom visits, hopefully in November, she will bring me some and I I might just give her money to buy bring me like five. Yeah. So that one I can share a couple and two be a selfish little beast mm -hmm. and eat a couple to myself because they're my favorite thing. Apple picking was a huge thing when I was a kid and they are some of my best favorite memories. Yeah. And then yeah, these caramel apples I think just remind me of that and mm -hmm. then also taste so delicious. Yeah. <laughs> um I think my favorite thing about this time of year, aside from the weather. Right. Uh, I I think we have talked about this also multiple <laughs> times. I like to live, like, I like the temperature outside to be in the 50s. Mm -hmm. That's where I thrive. I want to wear a sweater. Mm -hmm. I want to wear boots. I want to wear a beanie. Oh, Yes. That's how I want to live my life every single day. Yeah. So the 50s are perfect for that. Mm-hmm. Because you could wear, like, a good sweater and you don't necessarily need to wear a coat. I love coats, though. Yes. Love coats, too. Yes. Um, so I love the clothes, but also the food. Mm, yes. I love, like, a really comfy, like, meal. A like casserole a, like of... Like a chili. Yeah. Oh, yes. Or... Uh, like a ham and beans day. Mm -hmm. those a stew. Are, yeah. You know, we always do those heavy on, soup. <laughs> on Sundays. I think this Sunday we're mm -hmm. going to do chili. Nice. Which it's not quite cold enough out yet mm -hmm. for it to really hit like it you yeah. want it to. But, you know, yeah. it's. I made my taco chili a couple weeks ago because yeah. I just couldn't wait. Yeah. It was so good. I have not preemptively broken out a sweater yet mm. or a beanie but I'm it's waiting coming. It's, <laughs> she coming soon I bought a beanie off of oh what was the company it's like creeporama or something like mm -hmm. that uh, they had their like little jack-o'-lantern beanie 
It's on sale for $9. So I bought it and it's just been sitting in my, in my spare bedroom, just waiting for it to be cold enough. Waiting to be worn. I also like pumpkin. I am not like a pumpkin spice girl Mm -hmm. because I don't like sweet coffee, Mm -hmm. but I do like pumpkin flavored other things. Yes. Like pumpkin bread. Dude, I got a pumpkin flavored Twinkie. Mmm. It's delicious. Dakota went, he went to Whole Foods yesterday and brought me home pumpkin cinnamon rolls. Yum. So I'm going to make those this weekend too. Delicious. So, yeah. I love all the things. Yeah. Fall is just the, the vibe. Oh, at 100%. For sure. Like, I love the Christmas season as well. Mm-hmm. Oh. I love winter a mm-hmm. ton. Yes. But there's just something about fall that makes it number one. Yeah. Yeah. I, I so. struggle. The the weights shift. But, mm. yeah, because I love Christmas. I love the lights and all that yeah. stuff. But, yeah. yeah, fall, there's just something. Just, ooh, I just love it. Yeah. It edges out just a smidge. Just a smidge. But I have to correct myself. It was Creepy Co. But isn't it cute? I'm showing Maddie that a picture. That is really cute. Aww. <laughs> I don't know if they still have them available, but yeah. Nine dollar cute. cute beanie. Here totally, I come. Totally. So Okay. I also have anticipated book releases on this list. Um Take it away, Ern. You have a lot more on here. I'm <laughs> I'm just trying to get through my, you know, through the list that we have for the I know. So I'm not even focusing on things that aren't related to that as much, but I, I love your list and I'm excited. Uh, I forget that you haven't read Crescent City cause you read all of the others. I need to, I yeah. don't know what I'm, I think now I'm just, cause I'm not a fast reader. Mm-hmm. Um, so like I said, I'm very hyper-focused on the list for the podcast, but I, I do need to edge it out sometime for the Crescent City at very least, I need to listen to it while I'm, like, reading the mm-hmm. books for the pod or something. Because yeah. I do want to... I know that they don't cross over in the beginning, but I've heard that eventually maybe they do. Oh, yeah. So, I, I, I need to. But I've heard the vibe in that is also very different than the other... Like, the other two are mm-hmm. very different vibes from each other. And I heard this one's very different. It is. Too, so. Yeah. Um, I don't want to influence you, so I will not tell you okay. my thoughts on Crescent City. But both of the Crescent City books that have been released are in my Audible. Perfect. So there's only two. There's only two. That's That's, doable. Yeah. The third Crescent City is supposed to come out January 24. Soon. Yeah. Nice. So we're anticipating this. Mm -hmm. I mean, the way the second Crescent City book leaves off, cliffhanger, like hella cliffhanger. Oh, I'm glad that I waited then. So, yeah, it's highly anticipated mm-hmm. for all book talkers out awesome. here in these streets. So, um, <laughs> and as we already said, the third Legendborn, um, I don't, I don't know that there's an anticipated date. It's just we it's, know it's coming. We just know that it's supposed to be a trilogy. Nice. Um, so. I have subscribed our email to mm-hmm. a couple of book blogs yeah, that, good. like, put out, like, weekly emails, and they do, like, anticipated book releases, so I assume we will probably catch 
in some fashion we will catch the third Legendborn book whenever it's like announced. Um, obviously, I'm always anticipating the Winds of Winter coming out <laughs> sometime before I'm dead. Have you gotten any updated news or you just wanted to put it on there because it's you just, never want to forget? It's just always lingering. <laughs> it's just always, I'm, you know, constantly, it comes up in my brain at least every other day. Nice. I will, so. I will try and come up with some books that I'm excited for coming out. <laughs> I will say there is, um, I collect the illustrated versions of the Harry Potter books there is one set that is very large and each page is almost illustrated um and those are lovely and i collect those but there are mina lima sets or or, or individual ones that have come out they're only up to they had the first and the second one released the third one is coming in october so just right around the in the next week yeah um by the time this episode is released it will be either the day or like a couple days after that that one will be available I'm so excited I didn't pre-order it I want to I want to go to my local target and pick it up myself (laughs) if I can I was lucky with the other two but uh, Caleb picked up the first one for me and I didn't even know they existed and now I know that I have to have them all because they're just, the illustrations are rich and gorgeous. They even have, like, interactive pieces that fold out. Um, I, I did a video, just, like, a, a couple of the pages from the um, Chamber of Secrets. So, yeah, if I get this third one, I will definitely be doing some peeks of that one as well. So I am excited for that one because I know yeah. it's going to be gorgeous. <laughs> yeah, those are really, really, and they're so vastly different from the uh, other illustrated set, right. which I have the other illustrated set as well. Mm-hmm. The problem with those is they have up to the Order of the Phoenix done. Mm-hmm. However, that artist is not going to do the last two. I know. It's just two. It's just two. It's just two. I don't know what's going on in your life, so I'm not trying to, like, you know, be a brat, but it's just two. I know. Because, like... The Order of the Phoenix came out last October. Right. And so I would have anticipated Half-Blood Prince next October. Mm -hmm. Because it seemed to be like two years between them. Yeah. Um, Which that's a lot of hard work. Especially if they didn't already have them available. They're so well done. And all of the illustrations are amazing. So Mm -hmm. I know it takes a long time. That kind of art. Um, So I... Maybe he'll change his mind. Maybe he already has, and yeah. he's already working on them. But it just feels so <laughs> unfair yes. to have gotten the first five. And my nephews, Cheyenne's two. Mm-hmm. Uh, so all of my siblings' kids have a set of Harry Potter books mm-hmm. that I've gotten for them as they've had their birthdays and yeah. Christmas. And so... Sis's kids and Colton's kids both have full sets of the regular books. Mm -hmm. But for Cheyenne's, they had already released the first three Mm -hmm. illustrated by the time they were born. Yeah. And so I was like, it's going to be really cute to get them the illustrated versions. And so now they have the first five. 
And I was literally just talking to Cheyenne about this. I was like, yeah. how am I going to get them the rest of the series? Yeah. Because my aesthetic brain is like, I can't just go get them the regular Half-Blood Prince in Deathly Hallows. Right. No. And am unfortunately, I... the Mina Lima ones, they're only on the third, so you're going to be yeah. waiting a while for those. So I'm like, do I just buy them a box set of the entire series of the regular copies? And then they just have the illustrated ones and the regular ones. Oh, that... Because I just don't like the idea of getting them the last two mm-hmm. and having the first five illustrated. That feels wrong. I would maybe wait and see if the next one comes out next year. And then if not, maybe you got to come yeah. up with a different... Maybe you could just get two regulars as placeholders and then as the other yeah. ones come out, then get them. But. Yeah. I, yeah. I totally Hopefully they copy the art style. Maybe not copy is the wrong word. They are inspired by the art style of the first five, mm-hmm. so it feels cohesive. Yeah. I'm hoping. Yeah. But I, I that was a big bummer to me, too. Ugh. But either way, I told Shane, I was like, well, this year for Christmas, we're going to continue with Lord of the Rings because they have The Hobbit, and mm-hmm. so I'm going to get them Lord of the Rings. And then... Uh, I was like, and then I will make the decision on the Harry Potters. Right. <laughs> so. Right. Uh, the book woes. The book woes. <laughs> so that's that's all that. Um, do we want to tell them our next novel or should we do our final thoughts first? We can tell them our next novel. Okay. We're doing an R.L. Stein Goosebumps book. Ooh. We are doing The Scarecrow Walks at Midnight. Mm, Exciting stuff. I've read it. Maddie has not, but she'll probably read it in about one hour. So, (laughs) (laughs) but it's, it's, I think that's, it's going to be a fun one to talk about. I'm like, yeah, I'm excited. This is our first like kids book. Yeah. Yeah. Very excited. Okay. So our final thoughts. You want me to go first? Yeah. Or, you okay. Go first. Um, it's if it's not obvious, I, I don't know how it's not, but I, I really enjoy watching movies just as much as I like reading books. Um, but if an adaptation is slightly off, I can be very easily distracted, major or, or minor change. Mm-hmm. Um, my brain just can't help it. But. <laughs> But, yeah, I love movies, and then I love a good adaptation when when done really well. And I hate an adaptation when it's done really poorly. Mm. Like the Dorian Gray. (laughs) (laughs) We we had noted here that, you know, maybe it deserves another chance, but as we decided earlier, maybe it just needs to be left as is. We kind of talked ourselves out of that. But, yeah, uh, I enjoy reading and watching movies both. So, so much. Um, But, yeah, if you're going to adapt a book, do it the right way. Yeah. And Lord of the Rings can do no wrong. (laughs) That's right. That's right. (laughs) Movies are awesome. And the problem with film adaptations is we're always going to watch them. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Because we got to see. We got to know. You got to (laughs) know. So, yeah, (laughs) we're always going to watch them to, you know, sometimes they're a major fail. Oftentimes they are at least a fail in some way. Right. Which is a bummer. (laughs) (laughs) 
I think the only one that lives up to its source material is Lord of the Rings. Mm-hmm. I have not encountered another that does it with that level of yeah. success. Yeah. I'm trying to think of all of the movies I've seen that were books and literally none. Mm-hmm. So. And those were made so long ago. Yeah. How have screenwriters and showrunners and directors As- not figured it out? Especially showrunners. You have eight hours at least. Even if you had six hours. Yeah. You can't. You can't get it together enough I know. to pack all the important stuff in there. I Stop making your own little side missions that aren't in the book. This is the point of making a book a show instead of just a movie. It gives you more breathing room to tell the story that was written that people love so exactly. much and is so popular that you want to throw money at a film screen adaptation anyway. Why, do you, exactly. why would you change it? Exactly. It's highly annoying. Mm-hmm. And one of the worst offenders has to be Game of Thrones. Yeah. I'm, And I think a, a part of the miss here with Game of Thrones is the showrunners not understanding the fans of the books. Mm-hmm. Because the fans of the books are very different people than the fans of the show. Mm-hmm. Because those books are super long, very detailed, and full of Easter eggs. Mm-hmm. There will be something from book one that you will re-encounter book three or book four that's tiny, but yeah. very important. Yeah. And that's kind of how George Martin works, how he writes. He, Everything is so deep, and everything has a meaning, mm-hmm. and... This one little flash of a character is very important. Mm -hmm. And there's prophecies and history and Mm -hmm. all kinds of very detailed stuff. None of that shit is in the show. That's painful. (laughs) I was reading the books. Friends of mine had already watched like six seasons of the show. Mm -hmm. And I was still reading the first book and I was like having a conversation with them. I was like... And I was also listening to the Bend the Knee podcast, uh-huh. and they're very deep in the books and the lore and the details. And so i that's what I had in my brain. And I'm like, what do you think of, like, the dragon, the three heads of the dragon, mm-hmm. the uh, prince who was promised, Azora High? And they're like, what are you saying? <laughs> oh, my God. And I was like, wait, what? <laughs> wait, you've watched six seasons and you have no idea who I'm talking about and I'm there's, on book one? There's Pardon? N- there's nothing about the prince who was promised. There's nothing about the three heads of the dragon. There's nothing about Azor High. The Sword of the Morning. Nothing. <laughs> this is book one shit. <laughs> what? I was petrified. Oh, no. I was like, oh no. I'm going to hate this for sure. Uh-huh. And then I watched it and I was like, ooh, hate it. Oh, hate boy. it. Hate it. So. I even not having read the books... And as much as I love fantasy, I I gave it five episodes, and I just couldn't do it. Not only for the... 
I don't even want to say the words, but the, like the the incest and <laughs> and, and and the the sex and the rape and the gross stuff. It's very harsh. I didn't feel like seeing that. Thankfully, my my friend who had seen it before skipped most of those scenes for me and just let me know if there was something I needed to know. Mm-hmm. I would say nine and a half out of ten times, no, there wasn't anything I needed to know. <laughs> But just even the rest of it just didn't hold me. Yeah. And I was like, nah, I'm, I'm good. Yeah. I'm good. <laughs> yeah. I know. Which was a bummer because it was super popular and I love fantasy, yeah. but it just didn't, didn't grab me. And so I, I never gave it a shot beyond that. I, yeah. I mean, I would be more tempted to read the books or even just listen to the Bend the Knee podcast so yeah. I could experience it without, Yeah, you know. Going yeah. through <laughs> it's a it's a huge undertaking. Yeah, but it is very good. <sighs> I would give. I think I would give the books a try one day. Mm-hmm. But if I weren't, I would like. I think I would enjoy a detailed telling, like yeah. a podcast or something. If they if they go, you know, they do chapter by chapter. Yeah, very cool. The reread. Uh, it's. I think that's one of the very huge pluses of the A Song of Ice and Fire series is the the potential cuz nothing is as it seems mm-hmm. really through the books like this person is dead but are they dead mm-hmm. right there's a lot of that happening mm-hmm. so much room for speculation there are so many theories and it just makes it so much more fun yeah. to, like, participate in. Yeah, absolutely. And I feel like that level of participation is for only people who've read the books. Yeah. Because if you have not read the books and you've only watched the show, mm-hmm. you have no idea about any of the theories. Right. Because they all have to do a shit that they didn't put in. Right. Like, the prophecies and blah, blah, blah. Right, right. So, it, you're cheating yourself of the most fun part of being a part of that fandom. Right. Now, and I I will never not go back to these. Harry Potter and Lord of the Rings. You could watch the films and get a really good grasp of the books. Yeah. But the books give you a deeper insight and are just richer and you know the characters so much better. But I feel like you could watch those and not be majorly, majorly missing the important stuff. Whereas you feel like uh, in that, it's like the important stuff was the stuff that made the cutting room floor, which is wild to me. Makes zero sense. Yeah. Like, especially in Harry Potter, there are definitely storylines and characters that I wish didn't have to get cut, but I get they were cut for time Time. or whatever. Um, But the movies are still a very good representation. So, but yeah. when you're, when you're diverging so heavily that you like, you lose some of the coolest parts. It's mm-hmm. like, why did you even bother? You should have just made your own dragon people show. show. Like- yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's very, the choices they made were so wild to me. Having I read the full series before I watched a second of the show mm-hmm. because you didn't want anything spoiled and you yeah. had no idea how bonkers crazy these people were gonna get. Yeah, I I did know that they made 
that I knew that the book series was not finished and that the show was finished. Mm -hmm. And that immediately made me nervous side eye. <laughs> but um it just because it's hard to nail down one essence of that series because mm -hmm. there's so much of it, but there is a through line of there's impending evil mm -hmm. coming mm -hmm. that some of the characters are acutely aware of and some have no idea because they're dealing with the pol polis the politics mm -hmm. of being who's going to be the ruler of this right. kingdom mm -hmm. when there's this looming threat and there's prophecy that is about this threat mm -hmm. and who is like essentially the chosen one mm -hmm. to combat this. So taking out the prophecies, they had to invent a character who's not in the books yet Yeah, to be the big bad. Is that the winter the is Night coming King. thing? <laughs> well, the winter is coming is like the words of House Stark. So, oh, okay. Yeah. Each house has their own words. So House Stark's gotcha. words is winter is coming. Uh, the Targaryens are the dragon riders mm -hmm. and their words are fire and blood. Oh, okay. People, I just feel like when people talked about winter is coming, that it may, they said it in a way like the looming ice people yes. thing or whatever. Yeah. So. <laughs> So, like, how Stark... I've clearly really <laughs> gotten into this, guys. Yeah. I know all the terms. They're, like, the leading house of the North, mm -hmm. and so they're very close, and it's, like... And winter is, like, seen kind of as bad. Yeah. Like, win winter is the dark. Right. And so winter is coming is almost like a cautionary, like... Keep your keep your shit together. Winter gotcha. is coming. Gotcha. That's the essence. All gotcha. the other words for the other houses are kind of like, we are awesome. Like a be they're we are fire and blood. <laughs> yeah. Gotcha. But Starks are very, uh, like prudent. Yeah. Steadfast, loyal people. So their words kind of reflect that. Gotcha. Cool. Anyway, <laughs> we can be we can. We're we're done with the Game of Thrones talk. <laughs> You're so funny. <laughs> well, if you if you guys enjoy these movie episodes or you just enjoy movies in general, whether they're related to books or not. Um, also, if you like collectibles, uh, I've shared some of mine on our socials. I have quite the little collection of random things that I just really enjoy. You, you'll have seen a lot of Harry Potter and Lord of the Rings, but I do have tons of other nerdy things that I collect as well. But if those things are your jam, please go listen to uh, another podcast. It actually is my husband and one of his best friends. It's Eat Junk, Watch Rubbish. They are such great dudes. It's such a fun podcast. I really enjoy mm -hmm. it. So if movies and collectibles and just having a good old fun time is your thing, please go check them out. For real skis. I, they have, what, three episodes out now? Yes. I've listened to the first two. I'll have to... I haven't listened to anything recently. You've been busy, as we've discussed. You've had mm -hmm. a lot going on. My brain has not <laughs> been able to... 
hang on to stuff. Right. Hey, that's okay. <laughs> so, uh, but I, I will get in there and listen to their third. But the first two are really great. Yeah. You can tell, like, they're actually, like, buds. Like, you can always tell when you listen to a new podcast if the hosts are, like, actually pals or not. Right, or if this is, like, a random collaboration yeah. and they're, like, getting their groove. These two definitely have yeah. a natural groove. Yeah, they're they're pals from way back, so <laughs> it, it shows. Yeah. I always gravitate towards the shows that you could tell the hosts are actually friends. Right. Because I feel like, you know, you're just hanging out with friends exactly it feels more fun right and we hope you guys feel like that when you listen to this as well yeah i'm sure <laughs> i don't feel like you could not right get that vibe right <laughs> this is literally like what we talk about anyway right <laughs> <laughs> we tangent so much about oh my god <laughs> anything and everything you you surely you feel like you're just hanging about with us <laughs> yeah as we embark on 15-minute diatribes on Game of Thrones. <laughs> hey, I'm always here for that, for you. <laughs> I'm, I'm very glad because I, I'm just going to keep doing it. Even if it's I know, obviously know happening. nothing about it, I'm still going to get angry with you. <laughs> uh, I, just, I will support all your emotions yeah. when it comes to this. I, I've got your back. I appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so please like rate and review us do your thing five stars would be so sick super swell <laughs> we um, would like it yeah we would love it you can send along any book recommendations mm -hmm. um, any comments on books we've already read yeah. Comments on those movie adaptations we talked about. Yeah. Um, you know. Do you have feelings the same as us? Different than us? Mm -hmm. Did you love the Dorian Gray adaptation? <laughs> Maybe you did. <laughs> I can't imagine it, but you could have. You could have. Hey, if you hadn't read the book, you wouldn't even know what you were. That's true. But even not having read the book, I just didn't enjoy it very much. I agree. But I can't say whether it's because it's not like the book, because I didn't watch it first. It's one right. of those, how would I feel if? Yeah, yeah. But no way to know. Yeah. Let us know your philosophical ponderings on this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Our uh, tunes and artwork were a collaboration of this little WRB crew here. Um, until we meet again, showrunners in particular. <laughs> Stay to, true to the original. Please. And read the books. God. Yes, read the books. Please do that for us <laughs> and everyone. Yes. <laughs> All right. All right bye. Goodbye.